Please listen carefully. I we're about to start. She leaves. <laughs> She's over it. All right. When she gets back, I'll start. Wait, back. one second, one second, one second. <laughs> I was about to say. So yeah. like, okay, yeah. There's 40 minutes of chatter beforehand. You've had to get up nine times. What's up, nerds? Welcome to another episode of Everyone and Their Sister, one year later and stuck in isolation. And that brings me to the first topic of today's episode. Before we get into everything, I have provided prior warning. I have gears to grind with these two motherfuckers. And because you're far away. Should we introduce ourselves? We didn't even do a round table. We didn't because it was just, excuse me, we've had so many episodes. People should know us by now. Okay. But you're right. Before we get into it, I'm Christina. I'm Natasha. And I'm Stephanie. All right. What are your gears to grind? My gears to grind about Natasha and Stephanie, who thankfully just introduced themselves, um, are we have recorded several episodes of this fucking podcast. We have set the rules based on requests y'all have made about picking only one thing instead of having three. And somehow... I am forced to be the goddamn mother in this relationship of what is the theme? It's quarantine themed. Pick your best quarantine books or reads. And having to say that nine times over the course of one month. And then I already know that at least one of you is planning to cop out and not follow the rules that you set by only picking one thing and having a ridiculous number of things to have. I think technically mine fits. <laughs> but you can, be, you can be the judge of that. It's going to be have, a series. <laughs> I can't say yet. I have no trust whatsoever. Like, I'm broken. I feel like the mom, like, unlistened to, trying to make sure everybody's on track. Like, we're recording today. This is a Wednesday. Recording at six. Yes, pick your goddamn book, Natasha. How many times do I have to say what the theme of this episode is? I got it. Quarantine. Quarantine. Literally, we got on this Watches. call and she asked what the theme was. <laughs> I, not, not 20 minutes ago, I was in a Slack message, with, like a public channel that you're also in. And I was talking to Nat and I was like, I'm already anticipating. Because Nat asked me, oh, she was like, oh, should I have to pick a book for that? And it's like an hour before we're supposed to record. And then literally I said, I anticipate that Steph will ask me at least one more time what the theme is. And then hilariously, you did. <laughs> but anyways, I digress. Yes. So in case you didn't figure it out, our theme of this episode is social distancing binging. We will talk about either things that we watched or read in quarantine, things that we recommend if you're stuck in isolation. Um, And Steph, kick us off. Uh, And if you list off more than one thing, I will physically break social distancing and go to your house. Good luck with that. But number one, (laughs) I'm just going to go. I'm going to ignore what you just said. (laughs) So during this time, I went back into the archives of stuff that I enjoyed a lot. And that happened to be the hunger Games series it's oh. I'm, it's a whole it's not just the one trilogy. thing the trilogy specifically um because it kept popping up on my netflix being like most popular this week or whatever and i was like i like love these so so much so i read the books i've only read the first two and then i also watched the movies 
So technically there are two things, well, I guess there are four things, but it's actually so good. I haven't read these books in like, since they first came out, which Wikipedia tells me it was like 20, 2008, actually. Oh my God. That's like what? 11 years? 12? 12 years? No. And like, I loved years. these books so, so much. Yeah, so they came out 2008, 2009, 2010, and then the first movie came out in 2012. Um, but they're like still really, really good. They still hold up. I still love Book Pita, Book Pita to the end. Gail, Gail in the movies, as I know you guys have heard, is, is a hottie of a man. Like, it's unfair to Pita, Pita, yeah. Pita Pumpkin Eater. Unfair. But I, and so the reason I also picked this up is because there's a new book coming out about a prequel about the president. And I'm like, do I care about this? So then I watched both of those. The movies are still great. I highly recommend those too. I haven't watched the last one because I'm not emotionally ready. But if you're, if you, like coming back to these, I think I probably only saw the movies like once in theaters. It was good. Did you guys watch these? Read these? I did. I remember I went to, so this, I was still working at Kohl's slash Indigo, whatever the company, when I um, went to go see the movies. And with all of my friends from the one store that I managed at, we all got dressed up as different characters. Oh and my god! Premiere. Yeah, it was a lot. We went like except like we made one of the guys go in like a little white apron and covered him in flour so he could be Peta. That's a lot. Damn. <laughs> it was a lot. I have pictures. <laughs> I'll show you guys later, but. It's, yeah, like, I dressed up as, like, somebody from the Capitol, so I had, like, really crazy makeup, really high heels, like, a really fancy dress. Like, I was obsessed. Oh, my God. Cinna? Or whatever his name? It's Cinna. Ugh. Cinna. What a man. Who played him? Uh, Lenny Kravitz. Kravitz. That's right. Yeah. And, like, truly, his gold eyeliner was perfect. I also did gold eyeliner for that premiere. (laughs) Oh my god. So you're a Senna, basically. Ish. Well, she wishes. You were a morph. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> oh, all these all these movies are on Netflix. Every single one. They will probably be popping up in your, like, most popular because everyone has the same idea. And someone also said on Twitter, like, Catching Fire finally got a nine point something rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It only took six years for that to happen. <laughs> I was like, you know what? It did. Um, my rating is 10. That is mahogany out of 10 Peter's girl fake legs. A perfect score? The perfect score. This is the same person who, I can't remember when this was, but I was re-listening to an episode and you were, you rated something like a five out of seven or something like that. <laughs> like it was the oddest rating scale in the world, but like a 10 out of 10. Yeah. It's that good. All right. I mean, it's based on her enjoyment, right? Love it. I love the, I've read the first book and I really That's it? The, yeah, I've only read the first book. I've seen all the movies, but I only read the oh. first one. It just it's one of those things where like the writing is really great and I was super into it, but I just didn't continue. I like I, sometimes it just happens and that the that was second book is there. the best. And I think Yeah, I love the second book. I did not like the third book. But... No. Which is why I haven't picked it up. But, like, the second one, like, how to up a sequel is that book in every way. Don't know if I'll end up going back to it. Oh, you should. We'll it's really good. There have been, there's a couple of books y'all have recommended to me where you're like, oh, the first one is terrible. The second one's really good. And well, like, the I first cannot... one isn't terrible. Yeah, in this case, I know it's totally different. It was just reminding me of all the Sarah J. Mass books but the, that okay, I've been but recommended. The most embarrassing thing about this is the only reason I picked this up is because Stephanie Meyer 
Okay. So, <laughs> I just, so I had just finished Twilight and I was like, I don't know what to read. This is, oh, no. this is how I got read, like into books more so than I was previously. So she recommended this series. I think she even like blurbs it on the cover and I was like, I'm going to pick this up. And I was like, oh shit, she was right. And oh, I you mean like when that. you first picked it up? When I first picked it up in like t- 2008. Okay. Yeah. I thought you meant recently. No, I was. I like so, like it was definitely like peak Stephanie Meyer time. Anyway, oh yeah, yeah. Like everybody That's, was listening to. Hold her on, shit, should like, I? I'm gonna say Breaking Dawn came out at that year. Might have been Eclipse. I feel like I went to a signing that year. Oh, 2008. That's so, right. So I was looking for something to watch, and this is what I sorry to read, and that is what I picked. I listened to her, and like sh- that wasn't a bad recommendation either. <laughs> So like, I mean, it's a really good book. Like, no credit to anyone who said I mean, it was good. To be fair, good. Stephanie Meyer's like film or production company or whatever, they only produce films for books and they've been pretty solid ones. Sorry, what is her production company? I forget what it's called. I'd have to Google it, but it's literally meant for books becoming movies. Okay. That is every production company right now, FYI. Uh, it's Fickle Fish Films interesting it's i think it's specifically for ya and like young adult stuff okay so she's done austin land wait what yeah man okay and address and blood i didn't know that was a movie yep when was that it was a while ago i loved that book she works on other things though too like but they're not under fickle fish i forget what it was okay interesting who knew Stephanie Meyer could pull up all the stops? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's working on, or she worked on Down a Dark Hall, which is based on the Lois Duncan book, which I absolutely adored that book when I was, like, a kid. You know what this means, though, now? Watching Austin Land on Netflix, I think it's on. 10% of that watch is going to Mormon Church now. It truly is. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is why sometimes you just want to not know things. I'm surprised the host wasn't done by that, but I guess they were bought by someone else. Yeah. Also, was the host a show or was it a movie? It was a movie. It was a movie. Based okay. on the book she wrote that wasn't that bad. That like, I, I knew about the book. Okay, there was a lot of abusive themes in the host. It was terrible. I can't remember. I like, so I'm in the Twilight, to too. Oh, uh, yeah, but the host was ten times worse. Oh, you, okay. Well, yeah. Where she was like, he literally beat her up and she was like, yeah, this uh, is fine. Wow. I forgot. Okay. So clearly I blocked out. So this was before I was into romance books. So like I had a chunk of time where I was reading Stephanie <laughs> Meyer and Suzanne Collins and Sarah Dessen. And then I blocked out all of those. And then I moved to romance and I haven't turned back. No, every once in a while I'll pick up a one something I read in 2008 for the shits and giggles of it all. Why, why 2008 specifically? <laughs> I just remember that's the time when I was reading books. I read Harry Potter for the first time during those times. We went way off topic, but... Yep. <laughs> but where we were at was Hunger Games. You picked Hunger Games, the entire franchise, basically. Uh, yeah. Books and movies. So, I mean, I'm sorry. This is so classic you. I'm not even mad. But it fits... But they're the same thing, you know? It's the same... I'm, I'll allow it. I'm fine with it, but I, I will did, like, bring real, it up again. I did real nerd styles. I'd read the book, watch the movie. Like, that's... That's how... It, it started. <laughs> this is like flashbacks to my Harry Potter reading schedule. So basically, I've reverted back to my 
18, 17-year-old <laughs> self. How old am I? I'm 28. It's 10 years. Yeah. You really have. Like, there's been a couple times where you've been, like, you're basically living like a teen again. It's, like, not only is my skin, but I've, I have watched so much stuff, probably more so than I've ever watched since I was in high school. Like, I would watch TV shows weekly, and, like, now I've just binged it, but, like, so much stuff. You've seen this list. Like, look at my list of shit that I tried to pick off of and couldn't find anything. Uh, I don't know what's happening to me. All right. <laughs> and on that note, we move to the other child. I wasn't really sure what to pick. Like, as you guys know, I was deliberating on what to pick, and then I kept forgetting to pick something. Mm-hmm. Of course. Happens. And I wanted to be a little bit different and go for a book because we haven't really done a book in a while. And guess what? That failed because I haven't really been reading a lot lately, which is unusual, but you know, I'll allow it during this time. So I ended up picking a TV show because I have been sort of squeezing in some TV here and there. And this is kind of a weird one because it was like right at the beginning of quarantine but it really hooked me in right away and I was in it for like it felt like a week but it really it was a day <laughs> Christina knows because she recommended it and then I was like what is happening um but like I find that like right now a lot of people are watching a lot of like documentary style stuff and I guess that's sort of the norm and it's like usually a craze but I feel like people have really been talking about them a lot lately Um, And, like, obviously people are talking about Tiger King all the time, but I feel like this one does not get enough credit. Um, My pick is McMillions. Oh, my God, McMillions! What a great show. It's, like, a six-episode miniseries on Crave, right? It's through Crave? Yeah, it was on – it's HBO, so however you watch HBO. Yeah, so – Crave slash HBO, great show. Basically, uh, the whole show is about the McDonald's scandal for, or the McDonald's monopoly scandal that happened, like, what, like, for, like, the last 10, 15 years? Yeah, it happened for a long time ago. I would actually explain it a little bit, because I actually don't think most people know about this at all. This is, like, the classic monopoly game that we still have to this day, by the way. (laughs) Which is so Um, interesting. Okay, yeah. sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, and they did. They did. I know they changed the game a bit, but I wasn't sure why they had changed the game. And I guess it's because of this whole thing. But I knew about the scandal. I just didn't realize how insane it was to begin with. So Jerry, the security guy, is somehow getting these coupons from the company that he works for, and he's using them and basically building this like layered scam thing where he's not just getting his family involved and nobody knows how he's getting these coupons by the way so like every single episode you're trying to guess how he's doing it or if are they interviewing him no so like oh, they okay interview him but there's also like a bit of confusion because there's also two jerry's involved oh my god the jerry jerry problem the jerry jerry problem like there's like really early on like maybe episode two or three or whatever you're introduced to another jerry and his family is actually like an ex-mafia family, are they not? Like it was like so. Yeah. <laughs> and there's the a family... full-on mob connection. Yeah, Love there's that. like a full mm-hmm. mob connection, and you're like, oh yeah, that's the Jerry that's in charge. That's the Jerry everybody's talking about. And then you're like, I don't know which Jerry it is. Yeah. This and... is, I'll tell you right now, this is what's confusing. The Jerry in charge of the mob family is not the Jerry that comes from the mob family. It's the outside Jerry. Yeah, it's the outside Jerry that's leading this mob family, and it's insanity. Like, <laughs> I don't even know how to explain. It's just, like, the the cast of characters you get in the documentary. Like, they interview um, 
the other, the non-mob Jerry's white ex-wife, or I guess, yeah, <laughs> wife. Um, and they interview her, and she is pure genius. <laughs> like, somebody saw her and was like, we're going to interview her for the majority of this series, and it is yeah. going to be golden. And it absolutely is. She's so entertaining. She's fun to look at, is what I'll say. <laughs> her setting is incredible. Um, <laughs> just even the way she expresses herself. You're like, this, this woman is for real. <laughs> like, this is who she is. And then you also meet, like, the mob Jerry family, like, the ex, I guess, ex-mob family. The not, I guess that's the same family. The non-Jerry. The non, oh my god, Jerry. So many Jerry's. It's, it's a whole thing. There's a whole, like, it's so involved. And then there, he brings in outside people, and they are part of the scam, too, and they make money off of it. But it's almost like a weird multi-level scam or like yeah 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 so they they're stealing money yeah they're stealing money so they're the ones winning the money but then they have to like give that money back Mm. to jerry and then it's sort of like split down based on like who they're working for within jerry's weird scam system and it is like insane like the amount of work that must have gone into this (laughs) or i guess lack of work for them but you know yeah. It's it's just like a crazy story and it's like easily bingeable six episodes definitely would recommend especially during quarantine it's something that like is fun to talk about because you think about like how McDonald's got like scammed over this but then the, the way they're talking about like the individuals involved in the scam and how they were technically scammed themselves even though they were the ones that were doing the scamming it's really sad actually. There's something, there's so much, one thing that you did not mention, which is the best part of this, is that the only reason this documentary exists is because there was an FBI agent. (laughs) The FBI agent who is clearly like the main lead investigator on this case, he is fucking wild. Like he is absolutely (laughs) insane. His demeanor, his approach, everything about him is hilarious. The only reason this happened is because he didn't want to do paperwork and he was like, I'm bored. Yeah, he was like, I don't want to do another, like, tax audit nonsense. And he gets a lead on this. He decides to take it. But the reason, I guarantee the reason this documentary is made is because somebody talked to him. And they saw him. And they're like, we're going to build a documentary around this guy. And then the whole story just gets crazier and crazier. Because every single person you meet is, like, you cannot believe these people somehow managed to scam, like, a massive billion-dollar company. Yeah single one of them seems to know what's actually going on. I think that's the theme of, like, every documentary that's really popular right now. The most ridiculous people. And I would say, I think McMillions is a little, um, a little, like, underrated, only because Tiger King came out. Took over? After McMillions came out. Yeah. 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 And, like, it sucks because, like, I get it. Tiger King, great, crazy people, whatever does not deserve the attention it gets though mcmillions was like key <laughs> i i quite liked mcmillions and yeah like the way that it, it, it does get very heartbreaking like it really does take you from like the humor of like laughing at these people and in and like yeah. not being able to believe how everything is going on and how they've managed to pull this off but then the utter sadness of like the casual people in the periphery that get pulled into this yeah like, i would say the core thing to understand is basically that if you're in America and you win a contest, you pay 50% taxes on whatever you, whatever you get. 
basically. Yeah. And what it really comes down to is some of these people that he like ropes into redeeming the tickets for them. Um, they don't get all the money. It's like, hey, we're going to give you this $50,000 piece to redeem, um, but you have to give us the money back and we'll slowly give you X amount over time. But then they don't, the people who are agreeing to this don't factor in, like, you're going to be on the hook for $25,000 worth of taxes. Yeah. We're not going to have because you gave your money up to the mob without even Uh realizing. So, like, when they take that part in, it becomes just, like, very human. It's just, oh, it's excellent. I'm so glad Matt watched it. Um, I was in such a mood. And the fact that you've picked it now, I'm so happy. (laughs) I'm on that. She redeemed herself. Oh, you're you're just mad at me right now? Yeah, Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) But I can only ever be I can only ever be so mad at you, so it's fine. My son. Wow. Okay. Okay. (laughs) But I mean, like this is like this was like a solid. Like I didn't think I would get to this, and then I just remember sitting there. It was like my first two days of quarantine, and I was like, "Screw it! This is what I'm gonna watch." And it was such a good choice. Like, what what a way to start my quarantine. (laughs) My personal favorite was that we were technically watching it at the same time, but I was two episodes ahead of you. Oh, yeah, that's true. So you were messaging me about things that I had watched like two hours ago, <laughs> and I was trying not to message you too in-depthly about the things I was watching right then. And it was just like me screaming about it because like there were things that obviously were depressing, but like the more hilarious things like there's not not to like spoil it but there's a part where that fbi dude goes undercover and let me tell you exactly like a tv show it is ridiculous he wants his life to so badly be a tv show and it's amazing yeah it's just and the fact that people just give him so i'm like what a white man's world truly so my rating for mcmillions would probably be 11 Go to jails out of 12 free parkings. All right. Christina, what's your pick? Well, 700 years later, um, what would have been really (laughs) funny is if I had picked Dirty Money. Uh, (laughs) That would have been a great segue, I think. Um, But I didn't because the way I wanted to approach it was like, what is something that is great to watch when you're just like stuck at home and you have hours and hours of TV to get through? Like, what do you go to? And so my pick 100% is nailed it. Of course. Yeah. And it's because like I've been in the mood lately. There's so much TV and I've been binging a lot of it. Like we were just talking about. I've been watching so many true crime documentaries. Um, There's a lot of great dramas I'm meaning to catch up on that I have been. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm still working. Like I'm not someone that's off completely. So if I'm at home, I want to take advantage of it. And I've been watching a lot of really like casual fun just like feel good shows in the background all day long because I just feel like that is the energy I need in my life right now everything is so sad opening up my phone is like opening it up into a world of just like what is the next horrible thing that I'm gonna hear about how much closer every single day does America get to just literally imploding in itself like every new thing is just like so brutal so I love nailed it because it is just so easy to put that show on and forget everything. The magicalness of Nailed It, where three home bakers and like calling them people who have baked ever in their lives before is generous. <laughs> they say they've done it. And but you they see, show them baking in the beginning. Yeah, you, you, see, you see videos of them doing it, but you physically cannot believe that any of them have ever picked up a spatula a day before in their life. 
and they try to make these super elaborate Pinterest cakes and, and like treats in a time limit that not even a professional could do. Like it'll be like 45 minutes to like bake this like insanely elaborate like cupcake yeah. with like a fondant person on top and then a cookie backdrop and it's got to be 3D and stand on its own and like they'll intercut video of the person who does not know how to do this at all trying to do it and a professional doing it and the professional is going so slowly that you're like she had an unlimited amount of time this probably took her 6 hours and yeah. this person who cannot tell the difference between melted butter and non-melted butter is not what softened butter versus melted butter so oh, no, no. funny not even softened butter. this will i'll never get over this this woman in one episode holding a cold stick of butter in her hand okay in stick form in the american stick form reading a recipe and going uh, you know, a hundred or a cup of melted butter, and then for a solid 10 seconds, staring at it going, is this melted butter? Melted? <laughs> what is melted? Oh I my have God. felt joy in my life, the way that I felt joy watching this woman struggle with this concept. It's just- and it's just, it's so fun. And it's also like very good natured. Like they come on the show, the concept is that it's bad. Nobody thinks that it's amazing, you yeah. know, and people being mean to them like the idea is they know that it's not going to be great but they're there to have a good time and win ten thousand dollars and just be terrible at baking it's just it's such a fun watch like i even like even though i'm not paying attention i feel like the whole time i'm like what a joy to see their creation like i don't want to see somebody do well (laughs) as bad as that sounds yeah that's not this is not the show for someone doing well if somebody came onto the show and did well you would be upset like they would be ruining the spirit of the show yeah and like they just scramble around and then i love it because the host is nicole byer and i love this show for introducing me to nicole byer because she is this very hilarious comedian who should probably not be hosting a show (laughs) that is like very family friendly that like kids can watch because her her podcast is in Sandy, like I was her? like, oh, I'm gonna wa- I'm gonna listen to her podcast one day, and I was like, ooh, I cannot be listening What's to this at work. Her podcast called Why um, Won't You Date Me? Yeah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Her I podcast, know. her Instagram has more dildos <laughs> than like meme accounts that promote Adam and Eve. You know what I mean? Like, it, you yeah. could just be casually scrolling, and she'll show off like she's taking pole dancing classes, <laughs> and like, and I went to she did a um. Uh, show like a comedy show here in Toronto during Just for Laughs back when we could leave the house and I went to it and it's so funny because she has a whole thing where she's like the biggest thing about Nailed It that's weird is that it's introduced a new fan base of six-year-olds yeah and she's like I don't know if you follow me on Instagram but my my content is not meant for six-year-olds there are like parents I think that have messaged her and have been like can you tone it down and she's like no No, I refuse like you don't you don't need this over on Instagram. Exactly. Um, so she's amazing. They have what I also love is they have a standard judge who is like an actual professional like baker and chocolatier or <laughs> however you say Jacques. it. Jacques Torres, Chef Jacques Torres. And he's actually like the perfect thing for this because I didn't like I immediately 
honestly I did not recognize him but he fits in so well with the theme and it's like just joking enough and like he seems to get a genuine joy out of just explaining to people where like they went wrong and how to improve themselves even though it means he has to eat the world's most disgusting cakes despite the fact that he's like a top chef yeah like imagine like the top chocolatier of the world being like oh i'm gonna eat your really shitty cupcakes right now yikes yeah it's it's amazing um but i also love they also have a guest judge every single episode and that person might be related to to baking they might literally not it's adam scott you know it's jason manzoukas it's anyone they could find that was like willing to be on it and the it's just chaotic and like they give the impression that their budget is ten dollars and i hope that it is because at one point they have a judge who it seemed very scripted and i'm sure it was but there's something about the show that you kind of believe it could happen where a judge literally like gets a call in the middle of filming and he's like i'm sorry like there's an emergency with my kids i have to go pick them up from school and he leaves and then he's gone for like a good portion of the episode and they're yeah. like is, is he coming back Ooh. and then he comes back with starbucks <laughs> and it's so it's it so dumb so it funny so it was so perfect it was that like- kind of thing where like you know it's fake but you can believe that it's real yeah I watched the Great British Baking, Great British Bake Off for the first time, like two oh, days ago. I have been, I also binge watched the entire series, the British one and the Canadian one. Season four. I, I watched I two episodes. My friend's sister was on the show, the Canadian one. Oh. So now I have to watch it. The Canadian one is very underrated. It's very good. Dan Levy is a host for the first two seasons. Like, who's the host now? Uh, the host for the last season was two of the girls from Baroness Von Sketch. I don't know if they're going to change it for the next one, if they're going to bring them back. I'm not sure. Interesting. I think Dan Levy got a little too busy being incredibly famous. His show's done now, so he has time. (laughs) Yeah, he's just coming back to Toronto to be a a host for a great Canadian baking show. I mean, wouldn't you rather live in Toronto than California? LA specifically? I would hope, but he seems to be enjoying himself. <laughs> oh, Dan, I remember you on the Hills After Show. I'm taking a photo with you. Oh, my God. Yeah. I have a friend that worked with him when he worked at The Gap, and that is, like, the six degrees of separation that I, I've gotten the closest to that I appreciate. I've touched Dan Levy to take a photo. Dun, wow. Dun, dun. When I was in 2008. <laughs> We've come we just, full just circle. just keeps coming back to 2008. 2008 so, was your year, Steph. That's what we want. That's learned. sad. That's <laughs> real sad. You peaked 10 years ago. <laughs> I would like to say I'm going to peak now. I'm in my second wave, but I'm at home, so who's to say? Your you're peaking, second you're, wave. Your peaking is on holds. I need to emerge from my cocoon of house yes. quarantine, and we'll see where life takes me. Who's to say? Dun, dun, but until dun. you can leave... I recommend all four seasons of Nailed It. It's also good because the reason I recommend it for if you're stuck in isolation too is that like I'm alone. I can watch literally anything, but if you are with people, this is a show that anyone can watch. Like you don't have to worry about it being like inappropriate or like, is your mom not going to like it? Is she going to turn to you every 10 fucking seconds and ask, uh, who's this? (laughs) What's going on? Wait, is that guy the murderer? Even though you've both been watching the show for the same amount of time. So neither of you know. So I don't know why she's asking me. 
Like, you know, you get to avoid all of that because it's a baking show. There's no mystery involved. Everybody can watch it and no one will ask you questions about it and it'll be excellent. And then when you're finished and you're like, oh man, I'm sad again because I watched four seasons in one day because it's literally possible. The seasons are short and the episodes are very short as well. You don't have to worry about it because there's also Nailed It Holiday, Nailed It, <laughs> nailed it Mexico, Nailed It Germany, and Nailed It France. Wait, there's Nailed It France and Germany? Nailed It France and Germany! And Wait, did she host it. those two? No, every, every country has its own host. Oh, okay. Well, nailed It Spain I mean, has the wildest looking host, for sure. Will it, will it truly be Nailed It unless there's Hues? <laughs> Oh, if you don't have a Wes, the magic of the production assistant with the magical Thor hair, I mean, who's to say? I don't know whose name you just said, but that was an incorrect name. Wes? 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 Oh, I heard you say just Wes, and I was like, that's not his name. Wes. 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 said Netflix went for it. They're like, oh, this show's going to be in every country. (laughs) Truly. And what I love too is I haven't had a chance yet, but I can't wait to watch the French one because I really want to know what bad baking looks like in France in comparison to is the Is there American even version. bad baking in France? I don't. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm anticipating sure. that they're going to do amazing and it's going to be like, oh. We tried to find someone, but we couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's truly magical. Highly recommend. My rating for it is absolutely um, eight melted sticks of butter out of 10 Wes, it just excellent. it's excellent highly recommend and again like I, maybe i'll rewatch it again because who cares i can watch it a fourth time and it won't make a difference i like how you can also tell as you're watching each season especially if you're binging it exactly when nailed it got popular because like yeah. for like a good two seasons it was not popular at all no. like it People was like really you can it. see the budget <laughs> It must have been, though, because Netflix usually cuts stuff off if it's not. I think that for the reality TV, particularly this one, it's so cheap to do that you can do a couple. And it's also not... It has the world's weirdest release schedule. I swear to God, three seasons came out this year. (laughs) Like, it's not a one season every year. It's a minimum two seasons a year, I think. I think so, too. Because also the holiday on top of that. Yeah, and then in the first season, they didn't have the holiday edition. They just had the holiday episode. But I do remember when the first season came out, I didn't watch it because I was like, oh, this looks really bad. And, like, no, but it wasn't, like, getting any good ratings or anything. Uh, That was, like, a year and a half ago. Because people don't listen to me because I watched it as soon as it came out. And what I really appreciate it, and I don't find this difficult to explain, I think it's the closest America is ever actually going to get to Great British Bake Off. Truly. Because <laughs> I don't think an American reality show could ever just be kind and and no. soft and gentle. Like, that's impossible. But there is an element of just, like, good-naturedness mm-hmm. that comes from the mocking that is yeah. as close as America can get. That's my new thing, I think. Like, my new standard for reality television is, is the end prize um, equal to or lesser value than a cake stand with the words <laughs> Great British Bake Off printed on it. And if it's more than that, I'm sorry, I just don't know if I can watch it. Like it just, it you know, it's a harder challenge for me to get there. They only win a cake stand? That's in, the great, in the Great That's British it. Bake Off, they win a cake stand. It, it, is it gold? The, 
no it's just no. glass and i think it's it a the- legality thing too like i think it was like when it was on bbc they weren't allowed to give away like a cash prize oh my god oh so i guess they get a book deal instead and so, under the yeah, and that's, deal. but even that that doesn't start happening until a couple of the later seasons yeah what a it, it very much starts as like the concept behind it is just you enjoy baking i mean that's very there's cute no prize, there's no cut there's no cutthroat element to it Everyone's just having a great time. And that is what I, I like want that. on reality TV. So highly recommend. Love it. That's my that's my pick. Um, and I think between the entirety of the Hunger Games series, book and movie, McMillions, and every single one of the Nailed It series, all of them, every language, you have enough content to take you to our next episode. And in this trying time, I want to sign off with two very important questions that I think we must all be asking at all times on social media so that Netflix will finally answer them. When is season two of The Society? Is and this for when Shanice? Is season two, it's for everyone. It's for Shanice. It's for me. It's for the group chat we have about The Society. And when is season two of The Umbrella Academy? Because they are holding out on us and I am not okay with it anymore. They can't I need film my right seasons. now. They can't They're already this. filmed. Are you Those sure? Are two shows... I yeah, they released a are trailer. You, like they were ready. Right. Umbrella are Academy too. Are you? I've never seen it. Me, I need you. Are you asking me if I am, <laughs> I am not asking sure you when the Umbrella Academy finished filming? Excuse me. Like, why didn't you tell me there was a trailer? I haven't only seen it been trailer. stalking them on Instagram since the inception of the show. I mean, you know, I love Robert Sheena too. I'm very aware that up until quite recently, because they have to do ADR still, they've been doing ADR in their homes. Okay, so it's coming. Like, slowly, it's coming. It's coming. I need a date. I would like a date. Okay, the first season of Umbrella Academy was February 2019. It's been over a year. We are going to, that's too close to two years. I just give me a date so that I can, like, have something to look forward to, please. Who said there was a trailer? There is no trailer. Oh, I no don't trailer. know what you're talking about with the trailer. That oh, was no, no, they, they released a promo image. That's what they did. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the different. Okay, okay. But I, they finished filming, I'd like you to know, November. Mm. 2019? Yes. Okay, so it's going to come out in November. Yeah. And then, but also... What? Society season two, it does not take a full year. Society season two and Umbrella Academy season two, I want them. I need them. It's time. Let's go. Nobody needed the extra episode of Tiger King. I do need the extra seasons of this. So I want to put that out into the world so that everybody is aware. I think that that's the new sign off for everyone and their sister season, whatever we're on, is when is season two? two of the Umbrella Academy and the Society. Yeah, let us come out, and then we'll have to figure out what else is missing. Exactly. All right, y'all. Thanks that for is listening. Us. Thank you, guys. And uh, as always, hit us up on our various social media channels, which are EatsCast on Twitter and Instagram, or uh, and just send us questions. Let us know your thoughts. Tell us what season two are you waiting for. Good question. Exactly. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Then one time when me and my mother spent an entire summer, we could not use our dining room table because we had Disney Monopoly laid out and we were playing the (laughs) real way. And it took like two months. It takes forever. Who won? Uh, Who's to say?